this is High Crimes, and we're here today with part two of Joseph Callagher and his case and everything that he had going on. When we last left off, him and his 12-year-old son decided to go on a robbing spree, and then they uh, decided to go on a killing spree. They uh, had killed 10-year-old Jose uh, Quizo. And I had told y'all that he was going to end up killing someone that they knew very well next. And, um, yeah, that's where we're going to jump back into, like I said. And again, this is your host, Playboy. And we're going to get this shit on and cracking. A few weeks after that first kill, Joe had a vision of a boy being pushed off a mountain and falling to his death. The boy in question was his 13-year-old son, Tommy, and Joe believed that it was a vision. Well, he believed that in this vision, it was an order from God to kill his own son. Even though him and Tommy wasn't real close, he still kind of had a problem with, you know, with the whole thing about killing his son. Like, he was trying to wrap his mind around it. You know, he didn't watch this boy grow up for 13 years. I just still personally feel like he already just didn't have a fucking heart from the jump and i don't know why this was bothering him so bad when the other voices was telling him to set the fucking houses on fire right. with his family in it so i think this is a fucking act could be he wanna i feel like he's trying to like not make himself feel so bad but bitch it is bad yeah and you know he believed that in the end he was going to become a god himself after you know the mission that he was being put through. Maybe the devil, but not God. I can uh, agree with that one. So Joe goes and tells little Joe that he wanted to kill Tommy, but he was hesitant at first because he thought that his son would be you know disgusted or turn down a suggestion to kill his own brother. But he was excited to help his father. Oh, wow. Him. Oh, he. He yeah. junior all the way. Okay. I see why. Yeah, Joe was relieved because he didn't think he could go through with it, you know, without his son's help. He told him that they would do it in a few days because Joe had to prepare for everything. Um, first on the list was taking a $40,000 life insurance policy out on Tom. Damn. And, you know, like, this could have been, like... Like, like, like they say, the dude is going to pull the head schizophrenia or whatever. Could that be the case, you feel me? Or could it be that yo just wanted the 40 bands and he figured like, That's hey, I'll sacrifice a child. I just feel like he's doing too much evil shit. Like for me to answer the question that you've been asking all of the viewers, my answer would be he's just a... He, he's evil. He's a fucking murderer and he's evil. And him having schizophrenia is like, what's the word I'm looking for? Enhancing it. You feel me? Like. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joe and Tommy never had a good relationship. He was rebellious and always got into, you know, some type of trouble. Maybe Joe was sick of him, you know, and figured that it'd be killing two birds with one stone. Get rid of his son for good and make money at the same time. Whatever his reason was, he just couldn't do it, you feel me? And he failed to kill his son two times. Joe had another vision from the so-called God that talked to him and it said that he needed to do better and reminded him of his mission. 
Joe decided he couldn't wait anymore, so on July 28th, Joe took Tommy and Little Joe out to eat, and then he told them that they would be going to an area near um, this place called Market Street to take some others, uh, supposed to be taking some pictures. Are they doing this during the day or at night? I guess it's like in the middle of the day type oh, shit. Oh, right. Um, in this area, most of the buildings were abandoned and tore down. He told them this would be a great backdrop for a picture and said, you know, to himself, that it'd be the perfect place to dump a body. Oh, wow. Joe knew Tommy loved to take pictures and that the pictures he took were kind of wild. He would sometimes be in handcuffs or in an awkward position in some of these pictures that he was taking. Oh, wow. So what was really going on with fucking Tommy ass? I don't know. <laughs> like, he was in trouble, like, so he probably used to just handcuff. Awkward. I, I guess probably like just taking goofy-ass pictures yeah. and just yeah. doing some off-the-wall shit. Probably wanting to, you know... I feel like he was just brewing to start becoming a psycho or something. I don't know. Just <laughs> for real. Like, you starting at a young age doing cuffing yourself and taking weird fucking pictures. Just giving psycho vibes. Try and practice how to get out of handcuffs. Uh-huh. You feel me? But crazy enough, um, Tommy he had wanted to try. You know, he wanted to try out this place and take some pictures with his father. So they explored this area and they found an old shop that was abandoned. In the back was a door, like it was this door that was open. You feel me? Like kind of. You know how you see like a door cracked open and mm-hmm. shit. So they figured, hey, let's go in there. Strangely, they had fucking flashlights with them, which is weird. Who the fuck walks around with flashlights? But they went in there, turned their flashlights on. They could see that they were, you know, at the top of a spiral staircase that led to a particular, it was like a flooded basement, basically. Oh, okay. Joe and Lord Joe, they nodded at each other and let Tommy lead the way. They went down the stairs, they noticed the steps were getting wetter and wetter. They declined down them until their shoes were submerged in the water and these niggas decided this was the spot. You feel what I'm saying? Because they, they stopped after a while. As Joe looked around, he spotted a ladder leaning against the wall and came up with an idea. Lord Joe told his brother to stand with his back towards the ladder so they could chain him to it and take the pictures. After he was chained up, Joe and Lord Joe nodded at each other and it was, you know, it was showtime. Together, they leaned the ladder forward and dropped Tommy into the water. Oh, my God. He jerked a few times under the water and eventually came to a complete stop. Damn. And Tommy was dead. They, they grabbed the ladder, pulled it up, unchained Tommy, and left him right there on the steps. Damn. They, you know, uh, they went back home. Bodies filled with adrenaline, you know. I'm about to say, it's did it make much, them want to do more? Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't say they didn't want to do more, but they more so just was, it was, it was a high for them. You yeah. Feel me? So like, it kind of, I guess, felt good to them in some weird ass way. But you know, Joe had done an unthinkable, he killed his own child with his child. You know, but wasn't sad about it at all. Like he felt like he was untouchable. Nothing can get to him. Cause he had to complete this fucking mission. Cause I'm, I want to know, like, does he go in blackout moments and then come back to reality and then everything sits into what the fuck he just did? I wonder if he had those type of moments. No, he really don't like 
from what we had, he don't really go back and even feel guilty of none of the shit that he did. Oh, okay. It's fucked up. Later that day, Joe and Betty reported Tommy missing, and Joe would even set up a tip line at the family shoe shop and pretended to search for Tommy. He fully cooperates with the police and would keep telling them that Tommy didn't run away like he, I guess Tommy ran away, you know, before. Oh, okay. Yeah, the other time. So he said it wasn't basically that type of situation this time. He was afraid something bad happened to him. Joe later would claim his actions to find his son was real when he had no memory of killing him and that he really believed he was missing. Did oh, you? Of yeah. course. <laughs> then you know he's not going to tell on himself or his fucking son. Real shit. Due to his, uh, no, like it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interview with him where he, he say that he evil. The dude in the interview asked him like, would he hurt Do it him? Again? And he oh. said, yeah. Like, oh, would he hurt the interviewer? Yeah. Oh like, wow. Shit that's in his, you know. mm. Um, but yeah, due to his illness, it's possible that he could have, you know, blocked the murder out of his mind and disassociated himself with the whole situation. The time, you know, went on, a demolition crew would find Tommy's body in the basement of the buildings he was killed in on August 9th. Many Damn. different assumptions was made about the murder. Some believe that Tommy was killed by some of the shady people, you know, that he hung around with. But the police had different suspicions. In September, they brought Joe in for questioning because a father who has a history, you feel me, severely abusing his children and recently took out a life insurance policy was the mm. perfect suspect. Not covering up his fucking no, tracks. Was, right. He was down for doing it. Real shit. Unfortunately, you feel me, unfortunately, had to pronounce that correct, they didn't have any evidence and no matter how long they interrogated Joe, he stuck to you know, the same story that he was innocent. So they had to wait until Joe slipped up, even though Joe was, you know, kind of irritated with the constant questioning and interrogations. He had other things on his mind. His youngest daughter, 14-month-old Stacy, had been born with a rare condition that left purple spots all over her skin. Mm. During one of his visions, a demon told him... Oh, my God. <laughs> Finna kill his baby! Like, God what damn! Do you, what do you think wrong with her? What's wrong with her? Did she got coconut too? Hand me the lighter too. But what's wrong with her too? There's something wrong tell you, with anybody. Like know? he gets, he getting on my nerves. Is he still alive? No, she was born like, this way. Like this not nothing he see. Like she really do have a skin. I mean, but I now you saying that he fucking having his visions and shit. We know what happens when this fucking <laughs> man start having visions. He ready time? to kill something. Is it a dog figure or a white figure he see this time? This one is a. Uh, oh, is it just voices? <laughs> it's the voice of God, man. So listen. It ain't no Who voice of God. To him. <laughs> not you know. it's just we just gonna say voices. Who God is it? Shit. Look though, but don't no actually this time it was a demon who was talking to him though. See, that's what I wanted to know. Who the, was talking to him? He had man. two different ones that I talked see. to him. The one wanted, Girl, I was getting ready to say the same no. fucking thing. He might be. I don't know. During one of his visions, the demon told him that he had a cure for his child's condition. He had to take his semen a woman's vaginal oh. fluid mm. and perfume, mix them together and rub it on his daughter's skin. Oh my god, it's some nasty it's fucking ass shit. Yo, even though she's made from his sperm, it ew. don't matter. Yo, Listen, ew. so on November 22nd, 1974, when Joe and Lord Joe went out to rob some people, Joe had more, you know, than theft on his mind. 
he wanted to find a woman who was home alone. They got on a bus, went to New Jersey, like 15 minutes away from Philly. They picked the neighborhood that looked, you know, looked around for their victim. The first house they broke into was empty, so they just decided to rob it. They took a suitcase, a camera, and some jewelry, and then left. Not sure what details, you feel me, Joe told Lord Joe about that out in that day, but he knew they was looking for more than just valuable goods. So they continued to search this area. Lord Joe noticed a house that sat on the corner by itself and, you know, figured this was going to be the perfect spot. They knocked on the door of Joan Cardi and she tried to turn them away, but they pushed their way into her house. They shut the door and forced her into the bedroom where they made her undress and tied her to the bed. They Mm. covered her face and started to go through her house taking jewelry and a bottle of perfume. Joe told Lord Joe to wait outside while he take care of Joan. Once Lord Joe left the room, Joe tried to rape her but couldn't get hard. Mm. He was frustrated. He filled with all the insecurities and shit that he had running through his mind but decided he wasn't leaving empty-handed. He still needed the vaginal fluid. I don't know how he got it, but he did. You feel what I'm saying? He ended up getting it, and he put it into a rubber glove. How the hell do you get vaginal fluid? I, I don't know. It made a come or made a squirt. Either way. How is that possible when somebody is in your house? Mm. Fucking robbing you. I don't know. That's just I don't weird. know. But anyway, I don't know why he got it, but like I said, he did. Um, he got dressed and prepared to leave, but on his way out, he looked at Joan, who was still tied up and face still covered, and told her, you're just not my type, and left. So he didn't kill her? No. Okay. When they got home, Joe went straight to his workshop to make the disgusting fake care for his daughter. Ew, yes, because that is... Mm. Once he was done... Hold on. So you telling me... He, that's what he, instead of, put this in there. Instead of him using the mother, Still, why are you I don't want them to use none of that shit. Well, to use a random, even though all that shit He is weird. Nasty. We know that <laughs> he's fucking weird. It's yeah. all nasty. She, what if she had AIDS? You're right. He's weird. <laughs> like, you already doing fucked up shit, but you want AIDS shit? You, you don't know her. Yeah, but look though, once he was done, he set Stacy in her high chair and rubbed it all over her skin. He did this for the next couple of days and finally realized it wasn't working. Angry, he figured once he's a god, he will be able to fix her, you feel me, or any other problem. He just had to keep up with the mission. He told Lord Joe they would be going out again and uh, not leaving any victims alive this time. So on December 3rd, 1974, it was a cold winter day. Helen Bowden left her home to run some errands. She was having a few friends over later, you know, to play some cards. You know, eat some lunch, chill, you know, catch up, all that little bit shit. When she got back home, she was rushing in, you know, she was rushing to hurry up and get everything set up for her friends and shit that was coming. But when she walked through the door, she saw two people she never seen before standing in her living room, you know, waiting for her to get in. Joe forced her to the ground with a knife and told, uh, her, basically told her if she would scream, she had died. Typical shit people, you know, right. say in like fucking horror movies. The, the father and son took her upstairs to her bedroom and Lord Joe wrapped her head in tape, leaving her mouth uncovered. All morning, Joe had a vision of 
burnt eyeballs popping. Oh my god! In order to make it a reality, he went to another room and you know set up basically like a little fake operating room. He removed a mattress from a twin size bed and flipped the frame over to where the metal legs was up in the air. Um, he then brought Helen in there, laid her on the fake operating table. He stood there with the lighter fluid, about to burn her eyes, but he couldn't go through with it. In his words, his cup had ran dry, whatever the fuck that means. Oh, wow. I guess it meaning he didn't have the drive to do what he originally set out to do. So he changed plans. He decided to cut off Helen's breasts and oh take them my. home for a trophy. Oh my gosh. Mm. Fondling himself, he began to touch her, you feel me? Mm. Like touch her on her breasts. And he prepared the slicer, but he changed his mind again. This motherfucking man, and yo. He shirt back down and told her he didn't want her family to find her like that. <sighs> Once again, he couldn't finish what he started, but things would change fast. Helen's friends started to arrive. Joe and Little Joe would let them in one by one, tie them up, and set them, you know, in wow. different rooms. Joe panicking, walking back and forth, he came up with another plan. Since he couldn't take a life, you feel me, he would do something else. These ladies were upper class, so they had, you know, good jewelry on, they had money on them. So Joe and Lord Joe took everything they could, even, you know, their wedding rings. When they got done, they left. And they left the women's tied. They left the women tied up. Feeling like a failure, Joe became frustrated, but wasn't giving up on his mission. Over the next month, Joe broke into two more homes and left the women inside alive. But his actions, wow, you know, doing it. No, it's like when he went there, the actions that he was doing were just starting to get darker and darker each time. Stealing wasn't good enough, so he sexually assaulted them as well. Mm. In less than a year. They managed to take hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stolen property. He started to build his confidence back up, but that wasn't, you know, a good thing. It just made the nigga feel like he was more dangerous. But he was, to me, he's, he's just weird as shit. Like, he come is. up with these weird ass plans, and then when it's time to act him out, he don't do them. Right. But. Still, it's fucking weird. January 8th, 1975, Joe felt more confident than he ever had. He got Lord Joe, and they went on the, went to the bus station. You feel me? And they went like two hours away from where they lived at. They looked and looked for a new target, you know, looking into people's houses. Want some stalking shit. You feel me? And they found a 28-year-old woman by the name of Dee Dee. She was at her uh, her parents' house with her son looking over her grandmother. Grandmother was sick, Mm -hmm. couldn't get out the bed. She was there trying to, you know, help, I guess, as best as she could. She saw both Joes wandering around looking suspicious, you feel me, and heard a knock at the door. She was hesitant to open it. And when she opened the door, she asked them to leave, but they pushed their way in, like they always do, and locked the door. She tried to fight them off, but when her four-year-old son walked in, you see what I'm saying, he aimed his gun at the little boy and told her to cooperate or he had shoot her son. She had no choice but to comply. Joe made Helen close her eyes and walk up the steps to a bedroom upstairs. He undressed her and tied her up. He left to go kill the grandmother, but the doorbell rang. He went to see who it was, and there was a young woman at the door. To him, 
it was, you know, perfect timing. The girl was Helen's 21-year-old sister, Randy. Mm-hmm. He opened the door and poured her in before, she, you know, she realized what was even going on. He told her to be quiet, close her eyes, and he took her upstairs to where her sister was. He did the same thing to Randy, making her undressed and tied her up. Weirdly, he noticed both women were on their period. He oh, was a wow. little irritated by this, but he wasn't letting it get in the way of his plans. As he stood there figuring out what to do next, the doorbell rang again. He went downstairs to see who it was, you feel what I'm saying, and it was two women. It was their mother, you feel me, the two girls, and Randy's twin sister, Rita, so men don't and her know boyfriend. None of these women? They don't know none of these women. No, no, not no the, men. Period. Because we keep hearing the, the, mm-hmm. he, they going way out of town doing shit no. from where they live, and then who the fuck them catch them? No, I understand what you're saying, but I'm talking about the women houses that they keep hitting. I don't hear no men coming in and out. Because they're those picking houses. the right houses. They making sure it ain't no men in the house. You feel me? Yeah, like I say, um, when he went to go see who was at the door. It was the two women's mother that he already had, and it was Randy's twin, sister Rita, and her boyfriend Jeff. Killing all these people would be a hard thing to do, but Joe thought it would help him redeem himself for the failure to kill his last victims. He pulled his gun on them and forced them inside the home and made them lay on the ground and tied them up, taking their jewelry, you feel me, and then covered their head with their coats. Jeff was, you know, a big dude, 6'3. 200 pounds. Oh, he better had di- the fuck did something. He was tied up, right? When yeah. he first came in there, he big as shit. The fuck bonus ass over. And you got this little ass kid. Like, you couldn't get... <laughs> nigga, you could have bopped them upside their fucking head. I know you was looking over him. He didn't want to get shot. Shit, listen. If he'd have reacted fast enough, because... He got that shit done. Probably. You two hundred and something fucking pounds, and you over like six Shaq. feet. That's like Shaq. That's right. Ray Mysterio pulled a gun out of him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just ain't yeah. happening. Like Shaq gonna be. We don't really know how tall Joe was. He could have been a tall dude. He ain't no fucking tall dude. Not with that little dick. <laughs> but look though, right? You know, he was the biggest person in the room. He decided to kill him first. He raised his gun to a tied up Jeff about to shoot him. And then the doorbell rang again. Oh my God. At this point, yeah, I feel like they having a fucking party. Cause... Joe looked out the window and seen another girl at the door who smiled at him. You feel me? And he smiled back. Oh, fuck no. He was a friend of the twins, Maria. And, you know, he invited her in. Once she got in, he pulled her arms behind her and told her, you know, Basically, bitch, get that air, get down, lay down, or you won't die. She noticed everybody else in the room tied up. You feel what I'm saying? And surprisingly, she yelled for both of the Joes to leave and cuss them out. You feel what I'm saying? For what they was doing to this family. Like, mm-hmm. she wasn't trying, she was like, fuck y'all. Yeah. You know, she walked toward one of the twins and their mother, you feel me? I assumed to untie them. And that's when Joe put his gun in her head and told her to get down to the ground. He tied her up and she still talked her shit to him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. Because go I'm go still going to be talking my shit. They, they figured they needed, you feel me, to work fast before someone else came. So they, you know, stuffed Jeff's mouth with a cloth, wrapped his face with some tape, and then took him into the basement to the boiler room down there. Once down there, Joe pulls down Jeff's pants 
and got an idea he was going to make one of the women come down there and suck his and dick do whatever he had planned mm, mm, while mm. this was happening the three women were still tied up upstairs and the mother was working to get herself free you know what i'm saying she was almost out of the cables that were tied around her hands but her footsteps coming up the basement steps so she stopped once joe was up the stairs he picked maria to help him with his plans since she had the most mouth he took her downstairs and stood her in front of the boiler room with a butcher knife pointed in her back. He told her Jeff was in there and he wanted her to, you know, go in and do something for him. He wanted her to go in there and bite off Jeff's penis. Oh like, my God. <laughs> you know, and like a normal person, she said no. You feel what I'm saying? And he said if she didn't do it, he'd kill her. She then told him, kill me. Target! Now you gonna kill me anyway, bitch. Right. She going hard. Maria. I fuck with Maria. You know, without thinking, he stabbed her in her neck over and over mm. until she dropped dead. Damn. Rest this in got peace, him Maria. going. He was excited and wanted to kill some more. But, you know, he didn't get a chance because Lord Joe yelled down and said somebody got out and they needed to leave. The mother was able to get free and ran outside and started screaming as loud as she could for help. They ran out the back door. You know, while they ran, they started to throw the jewelry that was in their pockets out, got rid of their weapons, and they stopped at this park. Joe used a pond to wash his face, you know, and get the blood off his hands. Mm -hmm. Then he threw his little bloody t-shirt he had on in the bushes, then ran to a bus stop and was able to make it back home. Once there, Joe went in and laid down, you know, act like nothing even happened, you know, a few hours ago. The police was on the scene before Joe and little Joe even made it out of the town. Sergeant Robert McDougal, weird ass last name, was one of the first officers to arrive. Not sure if anyone, you know, was still there. He walked around quietly until he found Maria's body. You know, she was so bloody and disfigured, it was impossible to mm. identify her. He then heard the muffled moans of Jeff from the boiler room. He cut Jeff free, and Jeff identified Maria, you know, from McDougal. This news hit you know this uh, this officer. You know it, it, it hit the officer a little different than normal. You feel me? Maria's father was his partner for years. Oh man! And he knew her since she was born. Damn. News spread fast about what happened. You know at the house and tips started to come in. A woman said she was in the park early that day with her dog. The dog ran into some bushes and came back out with a bloody T-shirt. Mm. She took the shirt and threw it back in the bushes, thinking nothing of it. You feel what I'm saying? Because she didn't hear nothing about the murders yet. Police recovered the shirt and traced it back to Joe. Mm. They found their suspect. On January 17th, nine days after the attack and murder, a group of police officers from Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey mm. swarmed the uh, Caligas home, arrested Joe and little Joe. They were charged with committing crimes in each state. In Pennsylvania, Joe was charged for the robberies and kidnapping. In New Jersey, Joe was charged for the murder of Maria. His attorneys was trying to get him an insanity plea to save him from trial, but he was determined to be sane enough to stand trial for his crimes. His trial in Pennsylvania started September 1975 and lasted less than two weeks. He testified for himself and told the court about his mission from God and what the voices told him to do. He also told them he was over 100 years old Oh. He used to be a butterfly. Oh my god. <laughs> this man is fucking oh, crazy. Ain't nothing wrong with that man. He just evil. Man, he yeah, he, he mixed with be. craziness too. Yeah. 
He told them he used to be a butterfly. And he's a hundred years old. The fuck? Don't forget the butterfly. Oh, man. And I love butterflies. He need to stop. He was yeah. a dirty, nasty-ass <laughs> caterpillar at first. Shit. Um, he, he tried his best to make people think he was really crazy and wasn't fit for trial, but that shit didn't work. It took them an hour to find him guilty on all counts. He was sentenced to 30 to 80 years, which was unusual for you know, a robbery charge. He thought he would be free, but you know, of course he gets wrong. Because it was just robbery, so he was thinking of a robbery charge, that ain't gonna hold that much time. Right, but then he got that body. Years for, mm-hmm. for, for that, but that was just Watch robbery. Out. He didn't even kill nobody there for the robbery shit. Oh yeah, this, this the was New Jersey, yeah. He was, no, this was one in PA. He oh. was sent to prison to await his trial. No, I think this was in Jersey. He was sent to prison, you know, to await his trial. No, it was in PA. He was sent to prison <laughs> to await his trial in New Jersey. A year later, in September 1976, his murder trial had started. He put on an act, jerking his legs and arms around. You feel me? He started shaking and So shit. where he was in there? <laughs> like this. Yo was acting like Martin yeah. when he got that traffic ticket. He would make, look, he would make chirping <laughs> Yo sounds. Yo was in there like that. <clears throat> yeah, but he would make chirping sounds too. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, he make chirping sounds or let out loud chants in the middle of the trial. Oh my God. Yo was trying to tell that shit. Many experts and doctors believe that he was only putting on a show to receive sympathy and attention and try or, so, or try, try to, get to get insanity. Yeah. yeah, he was trying not to get found fully guilty. Either way, they didn't believe he was crazy, and you know he was found guilty of murdering Maria and received life in prison. He was never charged with the death of his son or oh my or god, Jose. that's fucked up. He admitted to those murders many years later to an author named Floretta Schreiber. I can go look her book up. I don't even know the name of it. Sorry, I was just get ready to ask what's the name <laughs> of the book. Yeah, yeah look, that, that's my fault right there. Lord Joe was taken to a juvenile facility for a while. Then he was released to a foster family and was on probation until he was 21. After that, he changed his name and moved out of Pennsylvania and never was heard from again. Everybody always want to fucking change their name and after they, they do some, yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah. Don't you think you are no? And my thing, that should be a crime. Back you then, no, 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 was I, different. I understand what you're saying, but nowadays, now, them kids going to fuck the jail. Yeah, <laughs> no, and they shouldn't be able to change their names, bitch. You was all. You but it, if you think about it, like times back then, like yeah, in the seventies and shit, yeah. it was a lot of like, serial killing going on back yeah, then, like easy. a lot. It was easy. Hella people was getting away with hella shit because, like how um, Playboy said before, they wasn't doing like the little um, detective work. Right, right, then. right. Like we got new, new stuff. But you know, in 1978, Joe was transferred to a hospital for the criminally insane somewhere in Pennsylvania. Being evaluated there, some doctors believe he was, you know, rightly diagnosed with schizophrenia. Those many years, you know, back in the day. But others thought that he faked it, you feel me? And I'm one of them. I think he faked that shit. Yeah, he's just been pure fucking evil. You know, we will never know the truth behind his actions because he died in 1996. So, you know. Fuck you, Joe. Did he die? Did he die a slow, painful death? I think he died from... How old? I'm about to say, how old was he? 
don't know. Oh, yeah. I hope he died a slow death. Hopefully. You gotta think, though. He, if he died in 96... And that was back when he was doing the killings in the he 70s. He was born in 1935. Oh, he I am. He was old. <laughs> he was... Shit. He was old. Because my grandmother was born in the <laughs> 40s, and she's just passing away in... 2021. Yeah, but, you know, like I say, what do y'all think? Do y'all think this nigga was just evil? Or was it from his schizophrenia? He was evil. All this weird shit he did. He was evil. I'm your host, Playboy. This is High Crimes. And we'll be hollering at y'all again real soon.